Yo, quick pre-show disclaimer. I need everybody 100% dialed in, all right? None of this half-tuned-in bullshit because what I'm about to say is fucking important. So tune in. I'm going to give everybody a second to be 100% ears open listening. All right, you good? Good. That can even double as a moment of silence for Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth. So now you're good. You paid your respects. You're good to move on. First order of duty, I just need to apologize for um, swearing and yelling at you guys just now. You guys didn't deserve that. I mean, like, you tune into the show. We love you for that. So uh, I'm sorry. I also apologize for putting for, for this, basically just for this, because you guys, again, you, you don't deserve to listen to my voice for any longer than you have to. And right? it's an ugly fucking voice. I get it. Um, third of all, I'm sorry for this episode coming out incredibly late. It's going to be Friday around 9 when this drops, all right? So basically, I woke up this morning, did my morning routine, and then kind of was like, all right, let me check my phone. I checked my phone, only to find out that Hamzat Shemaya missed weight by eight and a half fucking pounds. So then I'm like, well, I can't put this episode out because I, I don't even know if this shit's happening anymore. So I waited on it and it turned out to be a good decision because now I find out that all the, like it was confirmed now that all a couple of the fights are swapped. So now what's happening is Nate Diaz is fighting Tony Ferguson and Hamza Chimaev is fighting um, Kevin Holland. So those are the new fights. All right. Everything's a little bit switched up. Originally in this episode, you're going to hear it. We talk about uh, the fights as they stood um, yesterday. I needed to wait for the new fights to be confirmed and Ty to clock in or, or, or Ty to confirm his new picks for the new fights, right? So those are down in the description, all right? We got those in. Those are down in the description. Um, the UFC uh, segment of the show is not, is, is not a waste to listen to because Ty does have uh, picks for, like, the rest of the main card. So if you're trying to have a very irresponsible weekend, listen through the section, tail his picks. That's basically, that's basically what this disclaimer was. So... I apologize again for the episode coming late. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Love you. This is a show by all podcast. We're now into episode 19 of Bucks on Nux. Ty Demera here and, uh, me and the boys are glad you could join us today because we've got lots to talk about on today's show. And uh, one thing we're going to be doing is recapping the Bucks on Nucks fantasy football draft that took place a couple nights ago. And then also there was a bit of a, a, a little scrum there that broke out in the Jays game the other night against the Orioles. So we'll take a look at that too. And then, uh, of course, we've got UFC gambling picks for you. And uh, a few other things we'll touch on at the end of the show there, like the Timmy Stutzel contract and... Uh, Maybe some football picks too, but uh, let's get this, this uh, thing started here. And uh, how about we do that by checking in with the lads here? And uh, how are you guys feeling about your fantasy football team there following the draft? And why don't we start with uh, DK? I'm, you know what? Right after the draft, we were on live. Stewie and I went live um, for the draft. And during the draft, I was in pure panic mode maybe 95% of the time. Like 95% of the time, I was just panicking. I didn't like players that were going right before me I'm like looking at my board and it was just constantly getting taken and taken and taken um the more and more I sit here today the more and more I like my team I think it was a success a 14-man league where I think everybody drafted. I don't think there was one auto draft in the whole draft I think it was a, a complete success and sitting here today I feel like I have a top tier team how do you boys feel about really? it? really yep I think 
I I was like pretty convinced I have the fucking best team in the league. I can't lie. I don't even think that was biased to say. Like when I checked, if you look at the fucking post draft rankings, I thought I was going to be top for sure. Um, Zeus was actually the top. So shout out Zeus if you hear this, and shout out everyone uh, who joined. By the way, this is going to be a fun year. That was a fun fun draft, especially doing it live on Instagram with yep. UDK. So that yeah, that was that was pretty cool and. We're building a little community here, and I'm glad like people are on board here. This is gonna be awesome. Um, but yeah, shout out Zeus for getting the A minus draft grade, best yeah. in the league. I got a B plus, second best. And I'm then, curious uh, how those ratings will actually play out, like in the yeah, they don't mean shit realistically. They, they never do shit. on Yahoo. They, it's a good guideline, but I mean, I, I would say like if you get like an, I would say almost every time if a guy gets an A, like an A or high, like a B plus to A uh level draft grade uh will probably 100 percent of the time have a better finish than a guy who gets like a d you know what i'm saying yeah. but like oh yeah for sure. like, when you're in that b to c a b c like you, you you had like a pretty good draft but fucking uh only one guy got a d so let's see how he can fucking it was matt goff and he, he as far as i know is a big f- football guy so maybe he's got some fucking inside shit that even beats <laughs> the fucking experts over there at yahoo he but, texted uh, me too, and he's like, "I'm really, I like my team, man. I like how my team's looking. really so maybe. Well, it, it's a thing because like, it seems like he drafted like a great team, but like, I don't know how much of a fan is like Tom Brady. Like, m- might still be one of the one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in football. But is he a good fantasy quarterback? Well, that's what I was thinking about the oh, A minus rating the that that Zeus got. I wonder if they're factoring like in the uh, the quarterback he got, which was a top tier quarterback, and that like and uh, things like that. Like I don't know how much that translates to our fantasy league, where you know every fantasy league points are going to be a bit different, and the rules will be a bit different. So it'll be interesting yeah. how it all plays out. But at the moment, I'm kind of scared of Zeus's team there because it's looking pretty. Stacked. Let me check out yours right now. I'm going to look at the thing. Tyler's terrific team. Kenny Rogers on the fucking profile. Pick. <laughs> how, how was your draft? Time? That was your first ever fantasy football draft. Were you, were you panic picking? Were you oh. just kind of like, uh, were you so, just kind of, you know, like that guy's name or what were you up? <laughs> what were you up to during the draft? So I did a mock draft going into it. So I kind of had like an idea of what I was looking for. And then I sent you my mock draft, uh, like results yep. there. And you gave me some pointers of like, yeah. You actually, I think, just said go kind of for the team that you picked there. So, <laughs> exactly. so I saw a player available that I had on that team. I went for that guy because <laughs> I'm, I'm new to, to following football. But uh, it also helped that on Yahoo, they give you like a projected rank. And they also show you the rank of where other fantasy football leagues have been picking. So I've been yep. going, I was going a lot off of that. And I knew from my mock draft and the one that I sent you there, like I, I wrote down what I needed. Like I think I had four um, – running backs, like seven wide receivers, one quarterback. Like I wrote all that shit down. So when I was drafting, I was going to pick those same guys. I ended up with Jalen Hurts, the only guy I wanted. So like everyone else in the league, I, I don't know these players. Right? I'm new to football and I'm going to learn as we yeah. go along here, just like I'm doing with baseball at the moment. But uh, for my, you know, considering it was my first ever fantasy football draft, I think I did pretty decent. I think I got a C plus rating from Yahoo and the, the, uh, the, however they ranked that, the result they sent me there and I'll take it. Cause I thought I was going to get like a fucking, uh, just a fat Al dude, like not even eight and a half, just fucking fat Al. But what uh, pick yeah. did you have? It was fun. Had, uh, fifth. You had a, I think. Oh, you had okay, fifth? You got Cooper cup. So that Cooper like, cup. okay. Yeah. He's going to be a it stud, was either right? So fourth, it might've been fourth actually. And yeah, I got Cooper cup 
and uh he was like projected to be number three i think zeus went right before me and he took the uh a running back so i went with cooper cup and i don't know much about him but i think he won the the championship last year right with the uh to the rams he's playing with like, yeah fuck, I, i'm learning all Super this Bowl shit MVP along, too. But. yep yeah so yeah. i had one of the zeus best receiver took- seasons in the league in history of the league last year cooper cup. Well, yeah so. yeah He's in my starting lineup for sure this week, and uh, hopefully you can rack up some points for me. But yeah, first ever fantasy football draft. I think it went all right. Mm-hmm. Zeus and, took Justin Jefferson right before you. I guess that like you can't go wrong either way. Both of those guys. So yeah, I was going to yeah, that Cooper Cup had like Cooper. one. Really? Yeah, well, yeah, that's fair. If you took Cooper, because Cooper yeah. had one of the the best wide receiver, as far as I know, had one of the best fucking wide receiver seasons of all time last year. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Hopefully he keeps you that might, up. Let's see. You it. might get you <laughs> might get like the best fan. You might have the best fantasy player. Sure. Um, like league league rank number one on your team. Did you look uh, at my team there? Did you pull it up? Like I don't even know. If yeah, I, just I got it, it up right now. Is it I like decent? it. Like, it de- I got like the I said, two running backs from the same team though. I fucked up. I didn't mean no, to get two right. Broncos running backs, but we'll work around it. Well, no, what that's called in, in, in NFL, I was telling you this, in fantasy football, when you get the starter and then the backup, that's called a handcuff. So, like, yeah. I really wanted – so I got – like, on my team, I did the same thing. I got Jonathan Taylor, who's probably going to be the best player in fantasy this year. He was up there with the best players in fantasy last year. Um, and I drafted his backup, Naheem Hines, like, later on. So that way, just in case – like my guy gets hurt, like Jonathan Taylor goes down with an injury. I know Naheem Hines is going to step right in. And I can just put Hines in there. So that's what that's what you're supposed to do in fantasy football. I like your team. I like your quarterback. I think he's got potential to be a top five, top six quarterback because of the way he runs. I like Cooper Cup. I like Keenan Allen. Um, I like Darren Waller a lot. Like you probably got the maybe the third to fourth. Like you got a top five tight end in the league, possibly with like upside to be the second or first best tight end in the league in terms of receiving. And then the only thing that's a little bit weak is your running back. But the thing is, is you have uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire who's struggled throughout his career. He's pretty like he's a number one option. Javante Williams, he's a number one option. Rashad Penny in Seattle, he's the number one uh, running back there. And you got your uh, handcuff with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. It's sure. you know what, like for a guy who doesn't know what he's doing, that is a smart draft. You got three number one running backs and and your handcuff. Like that's a pretty good draft. I like that. Right on, right on. Well, hopefully it plays out the way you're saying it should. But if you don't, if tell. you don't like, if you don't like the handcuff, then. Of course, you can go always offer a trade. Yeah, I'm going to go you see know, how it does, like, right? Like moves I, to be made. I'm never yeah. a guy that's going to go and make a trade before the first game happens because you never know how these guys are going to come out and perform. So, you know, I'll give it a couple weeks, and if he's underperforming or something like that, then that would be the probably first guy I'm looking to trade. So, you know, he's already kind of uh, on the trading block, but not quite. Like, I'm not going to make any moves until we get into it. But I'm looking forward to it. Like, is that starting Broncos running back pretty decent uh running back like you said my running back's kind of weak like is he not one of the top guys I think I picked him pretty high like in the draft so he last year he was projected to take over the team and he just because he was a I think I believe it was he was either a rookie or a second year running back last year and he just never took the job from Melvin Gordon he kind of got like was battling a couple injuries so this year he's expected to take over that offense and thing is, that offense is going to be really good this year. You may get, even if he's not the best, like not rushing for 100 yards a game, you may get a lot of touchdowns from him because that Denver offense is going to bring it within the 20 a lot. And then I can imagine with the Russell Wilson style, they're going to pound 
the shit out of the ball in the red zone like Russell Wilson teams always do. I, I like nah. having a piece of Den- any piece of Denver's offense is great. Like I I hope it doesn't happen because I got Jerry Judy. I know Stu do- hopes that doesn't I'm happen. He's got Sutton, Russ and, and Russ and Russ. So that I want the fucking passing yep. TDs. If you're yep. telling me they always pound the ball in the red zone, why didn't they do it in the fucking Super Bowl? And if you would pick the fucking <laughs> move, hey? that's that is the that is the ultimate comeback for that too. Like the <laughs> only time they didn't pound the ball, it got picked in the Super Bowl. Like that's what lost yeah. of the game. It's like, yeah, you know. Classic. Well, maybe, maybe this guy will have like a breakout season then if he was kind of projected yep. to be that that number one guy and didn't live Bro, up to nobody, expectations. But exactly. Nobody, anybody could do himself. it, right? Yeah, yeah. Anybody could do anything. Right on. Well, with that all Yo, considered, then I'm pretty happy with my team, even though I only know about two players on it. <laughs> we got to post. Uh, well, let's do that right after the pod. Let's post uh, screenshots of everyone's lineup. Yeah. Um, and then I'll put like a poll. What I was trying to do is find a Photoshop thing so I could go like, where we, I would go through the draft and then I'd post like where we all picked our guys. So I'd have like one, like whatever. And then I'd just rank the best team, but I might just screenshot each team's starting lineups, maybe like the first, you know, the starting lineups. And then I might just screenshot each three, almost make it like an anonymous thing and say, which team do you want? One, two, or three and get people to comment or do the poll. So that way they don't necessarily know whose team's whose. And then we'll, we'll know, like, we'll know which team our team is, right? But which team would you rather have between these three? And we'll see, we'll see whose team comes out on top. Who's just know mine now because I just, I just revealed my whole team. So, sorry. No, sorry. well, you got to still, you got to still. Um, well, yeah, and it, and the that post will be out before this podcast is out. So we're, we'll be okay. okay. Man, are man. you talking between us three, Stewie? Um. No, I missed the question no, the there, by the way. I think I interrupted Other, you. Did you repeat that question? I said, whose team in the league do you think is the scariest? What team scare you um, other than your own? Gotcha. Zeus, uh, just because of that rating. <laughs> I don't yeah. know shit about well, players, so DK I can only go by the, the dudes, yeah. So. yeah, I'll leave it to DK to answer this one. <laughs> I, don't necessarily, I don't necessarily love uh, Zeus's team. I understand he got an A+, and he's probably going to do well. I don't necessarily love it. Stu, I like your team a lot, man. Like, I wanted Russell Wilson. I wanted Cortland Sutton. I wanted Juju. Brandon Cooks was a good pick. Najee Harris is a good pick. Alvin Kamara is the definition of boomer bust, where he could get you seven points, but he could also get you 67 points like, in a week, too. Like, he is awesome. Zach Ertz is going to be, as long as he stays healthy, Kareem Hunt in the flex is a good pick. Chase Claypool on the bench is a good pick. Michael Carter if Brees Hall even slips up a little bit, Michael Carter will be the starting running back in the with the Jets organization, and that's a good team. The other team that I kind of liked, uh, just a little bit, I'm just trying to find it here again, was um, my guy, Corey Tuck's big dogs, dogs. He's got Kyler Murray, who could be a top quarterback. Debo Samuel, unreal. Allen Robinson, who's on the Rams this year, who's supposed to take a huge step forward. Chris Godwin, who's a possible number one receiver sitting at his number three slot. Austin Eckler, David Montgomery, TJ Hawkinson, Ty Lockett. Like, he's got a lot of, I mean, for his, his team's the big dogs, dogs. He's got a lot of dogs on that team. Yeah. Like, I, I like his team, too. There's a couple teams in the league that scare me. Those would be the top two. Yours and big dogs, dogs are probably my two teams that I think could go off for the biggest weeks this year, which is always <laughs> scary, right? Because you never know if that's going to be a week where you play him. Is that going to be a week in the playoffs? Like I said, Alvin Kamara by himself could get you 55 points in one week. Like he yeah. very well could. Yeah, he's a demon. I think, I think I got like, uh, I, I, I'm pretty happy because I, although Kareem Hunt is, is kind of like splitting uh, snaps there with uh, Nick Chubb, right? In Cleveland. Yep. 
I think I do have arguably the I think it said I have number four actually, the number four like uh running back core. But I'd argue that it easily could end up being number one, right? Like it like Najee and Kamara could easily end up being the best like uh duo of, of running backs on anyone's team this year. And then I think I also got three number one receivers as long as uh Juju works out like people think he is in, in KC with Mahomes there. And then yep. I like my bench a lot too. I wish and I and I somehow snuck uh Colts defense. Because yeah, they're they're going to be good too. They're always good. Colts defense is always very solid. Somebody took a defense so early, and it was like the Rams defense, which I it was like the like, Bill the Bills defense at pick a hundred was maybe the I most head scratching. I thought the pick Bills came like one thirty, and even that was tight. I thought it was the Rams that went first, wasn't it? Didn't Rams defense go? Somebody's banking on like the Aaron Donald sacks or something. I thought it was some- Buccaneers. Buccaneers went first. No. I'm not sure. It I was at know. pick 100. That's all I know is that it was at pick 100 yeah, and there was still way some serious great players around there still that could help yeah. your team to round out the squad. Someone went team defense. It was like even someone went the first kicker really early, like Daniel Carlson or something from Vegas went like real early. It was like, I don't know about all that. Like I'd be saving my kicker till the end, basically. Is the yeah. uh, Orleans defense any good? I think I ended up with Orleans. Orleans. There. New Orleans, yeah. The Saints defense is going to be good. The Saints are actually going to be a scary good like or not scary good sorry like just quietly really good team this year they may end up winning that division over the bucks because the bucks are they got a lot of problems on d right now as it stands they got a lot of problems with their offensive line tom brady and giselle are fucking at wit's end apparently and tom brady had to leave camp for 14 days in the middle of the camp to go work out his personal life he's 45 years old with a bad offensive line he doesn't move well it could end up going south for the buccaneers quick this year Who'd you guys get for defense on your teams? I got Good Colts. Question. I just said. Oh, you said Colts, you got, yeah. I got, uh, I got the Bengals. I, I, I don't like that pick. I'll probably end up being swapping defenses after week one. Um, I just like the Bengals, their matchup with Pittsburgh in week one right off the hop. So Because Pittsburgh right. has Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball, which means it could be pick six central for the Bengals in game one. So... I like their schedule. Um, by the time week two rolls around and they play Dallas, I'll probably be dropping the Bengals and looking for another defense. <laughs> Speaking of week one there too, what uh, matchup you guys got? Who you guys playing? I think I'm playing my buddy Stewart there. Not Stu on the I'm, pod here, but another Stu that's in our league. Who are you guys playing? I'm, I'm playing your your boys DK or your buddy DK, uh, the big time Timmy Jims. The big time oh, Timmy Jims. That's a good handle right there. <laughs> I'm supposed to win. <laughs> Supposed to win by by three and a half points, so I got to change I'm my the, team name. I think I got to come up with some Kenny Rogers related there. Yeah, <laughs> I got the I'm Kenny a slight Rogers favorite. Man. I what are you boys my, thinking? My matchup. I'm, uh, I'm I'm slight favorite, but but uh, Zach Ertz, yeah. Zach Ertz was was uh, questionable. Well, he was fucking. He didn't he didn't appear in practice today, so it means we'll nothing. Anything. If he, if he doesn't appear Not in, in practice, week one, on- though, really. No, it means nothing. Like a, a lot of guys, especially okay. if they're veterans like Zach Ertz, as long as they get in that Friday practice, usually they're going to play. Um, I got I got Ray Rice's left hook. I'm not sure who that is. Oh, that's what? my buddy Dylan. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a great handle. I got Ray Rice's left hook, and I'm projected to win one, 138 to 122. Um, I like I like my chances. I like my chance. He's got DeAndre Hopkins in his starting lineup, who's suspended for the first like six or eight games of the season. 
Yeah, so maybe I don't once know. He... He's already in. He wanted to get in, and he's like, yeah, I want to get in. And then he tells me after you send him the link, yeah, I'm already in. Like, Because I was like, buddy, you have to get on Yahoo. Be there for the draft. And he's, Or I said, like, I download the Yahoo app. He's like, I already have it. I'm in three. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, You're already in three God. fucking other leagues. And then and then I'm pretty sure he auto-drafted. So both my boys, I'm pretty sure, auto-drafted or, or, or at least queued players. Or no, no, yep. actually, my buddy, Ray Rice's left hook. Um, did hop in like halfway through the draft, but he missed his for he was eating dinner or something. He said so. Fucking guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, and I had a couple other buddies that were that I I told after and and were willing to play, and probably would have appeared for the draft. But then by that point, I already got these guys in your fucking auto drafting. So come on, fucking, uh, shout out uh my buddy Tyler for being a fucking loser, <laughs> missing not you Tyler, but my other Tyler. For fucking missing the draft and uh, fucking uh, Ray Rice's left hook, my buddy Dylan with fucking DeAndre Hopkins in his starting lineup. Fucking hey, I, I don't hate it. Leave him in there for week one. Start setting your start setting your lineup in week two. Give me the dub in week one, and we can move along with the fucking season. <laughs> Did you see Yo, uh, Dylan? Who's who you're facing in week two? There is it you? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I think it's you. You know it's fucked. Yo, you know what I just realized? Bot's going to heat up, baby. What's that? You know what I just realized? There's what? two Tylers. All three of us. There's two of us in the pool. In the, in the pool. Yeah, there's, there's, there's another Tyler. There's, yeah. another, there's another Dylan, and there's another Stu. Jeez. What the fuck? Our parents who, who weren't good at coming eh? up with the names, I guess. Eh? They all just named us the same shit. Well, there's no other Johns. I mean, I think your buddy's name is actually Stuart. Yeah, his name's actually Stuart. That's correct. Yo, I just... Yo, there's boy, a lot I of just, John Stewart's out there, though. Come on now. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yo, I just got I just got fucking a reply back from Zencaster support. Yo, for the listeners, we had some fucking mad te- technical difficulties trying to get this episode going. Um, and I reached out to live support. And she just she just got back to me and said, uh, now we're good. So she gets back to me after we figure it out and says, can you send me a full screenshot of the page? So everybody pull out your hogs. <laughs> send her a screenshot. Her name's Giselle. Tom Brady's wife having to get back to work after the divorce, baby. Is she a babe? She kind of has a profile pic here. Hold up. <laughs> I don't know. I can't really tell. I can't expand it at all. All right, well, maybe, you have maybe, to update. Maybe you have to give us an update on that once you can full yeah. screen that shit. Let's know. Maybe uh, keep how Giselle's doing. Hey, maybe keep keep her up tabbed maybe, up there, and you know, keep chatting. Well, I was gonna there. say maybe maybe keep the hogs hidden for now. <laughs> she can probably hack in here and listen to us, buddy. She's a tech support. She's probably oh listening my god, to yeah, imagine right holy fuck. She's probably she like, hand. no, what's the she's problem? Just like, All right, <laughs> wrap these guys up. Yeah, yeah. guys, I get banned. Banned from Zencaster forever. But um, yeah, it's going to be an awesome week one of fantasy football here. Looking forward to it. And then week two, I think, uh, Dylan, I don't know if you double checked there, but I think we're facing up week two. So the podcast is going to be heating up there next week. That'll be fun. Actually, we're facing week more like, two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. With the projected points, we are yeah. 1.5 points apart in the projected points. It's going to be a nail biter, baby. Oh, let's go. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great week. Kenny Rogers is coming in hot, baby. Let's go. I got to change my team name. <laughs> Kenny Rogers Killers or something like that. But we'll, so we'll come up the with the Young some... Buck Killers. Okay, I can't do the Killers then. I got a Kenny Rogers cool ass kids or something. I don't fucking know. Come up with something. <laughs> something that rides with, or, you know, has the same letter as uh, starts with a K or a C or something. Anyways, we'll move on here to our next topic. And that is the MLB and the Blue Jays there. 
They've been taking it to the Orioles the last few nights, and those were some pretty heated games. You had some coaches out on the the mound there, they get screaming at the uh, the the officials there. And then um, there was one game a couple nights ago that especially heated up, and there was a bit of a bench clearing brawl, or at least that's what it looked like it was going to turn into, but wasn't really the uh, the brawl that you're expecting. But um, what were your guys' take on that? And I think DK, you had some thoughts on that. I like seeing John Schneider get out there. That was a major league ejection. Like that, I we haven't seen that from Charlie Montoyo in years, where the the guy's out there, his face is so goddamn red. He's got his finger pointing in the ump's face. He's screaming at I him. I saw it a few times. Line. From you never Charlie saw Montoyo. It? Yeah, dude, Charlie would like there. Charlie would like saunter on out there with his weird fucking nah, mannerisms. <laughs> yeah, he would get like angry, but not John Schneider, Matt. John Schneider, nah, that is there. a major league ejection from john schneider but that's not well he got bounced he got he got fucking sent like before even like that he came out oh yeah action of the ejection he got his money worth he's got he got his money worth for sure but my thing with the the whole brawl is i have i have two beefs with the brawl baseball i wouldn't call it a brawl let's let's no that's but that's what everybody i it came through my phone bench clearing brawl in the jays and orioles game it's like what the headline on sportsnet was so i would just say bench is clear yeah Yeah, but like dude in baseball, like, just stay in the fucking dugout. Like, there is no point. Like, your one batter could take three steps and all nine guys on the other team could go walking towards them and nothing is going to happen. It's so stupid. And then, like, Tay Oscar and Vladdy act like they're the most mad. They're, they're both massive boys, maybe 400-plus pounds between the two guys. And one guy the size of me, a 5'7", 180-pounder, was holding both of them back at the same time. Neither of them wanted to do anything. It's the fake tough guy act. It's how Don Cherry used to say. He used to say they get in front of the net and they start pushing. It's, I'm not coming to your golf tournament. I'm not coming to your golf tournament. That's all it is. There's no ill will at all. Like, it's just, it's stupid to me how much, and then you see the bullpens coming out. I'd love to see a stat. How how many bullpen guys in history have thrown a punch in a scrum? I would bet it's zero. What? Really? Stay in the fucking bullpen. Stay in the, by the time they run out there, they show them, and they're just heaving. They don't usually run for that far at all. They're just heaving for air. They're not getting in a fight. It's It's the stupidest thing to charge. Like, unless a guy legitimately charges the mound, there's never a punch thrown in any base brawl ever. It's like, just stay in the dugouts, just chirp, and that's that. <laughs> there was a yeah. one between the the Nats and, and, who was it, the Phillies or something? Earlier this season, in uh, that one, there was punches thrown. There, oh, and it was a reliever, too. Punches? It was Ryan Tapera. Remember Ryan Tapera on the Jays? He was a reliever in, in, in Toronto for a bit. He he was in uh I think he plays for Washington now or, or I, anyways he was on one of the involved teams and he was throwing he was throwing fucking bombs. I'd he have to see it to it. believe it. So I'd have I have to see right. it to believe it. I'll fucking all right. I'll send you the video. Deal. Being, it, um, go ahead, sorry. Ty. Yeah, I was gonna say just being new to watching baseball. Like I've never really dialed into baseball other than you know a few seasons in the past when the Jays were doing great. I'd tune in and watch them in the playoffs and things like that. But being new to baseball and coming from watching hockey my whole life, like I see the bench clear and I'm like, holy fuck, it's gonna be epic, baby. Let's go. I'm like yeah, yeah, fired yeah. up, telling my buddies to tune in, and then I see this and absolutely nothing happens. And uh it just yeah, it was disappointing. I was hoping someone was getting knocked out or something. I'm used to watching UFC and hockey. Well, no, you get bad suspensions. That's the thing, right? You get you get mad suspensions. Then why bother? If you throw him. That's what I'm time. saying. 
just stay stay in the dugout, chirp, do whatever you want. Like, but like, there's what's the point of having twenty five guys from each bench run out there just to stand and look at each other? There's a wall in in between each people with their backs turned to each yeah. other, pushing their own team back the other <laughs> way, and it takes Silly. twelve minutes for them to clear the field. And then all of a sudden, the only thing that comes out of it is the umpire walks over to both dugouts and said, that's a warning. Any more funny stuff, someone gets tossed. It's like, dude, this is so ridiculous. Like, just stay on the bench. Stay in the dugout. There's no point. I love it, though. I love love it, though. The the manager, is name Schneider or something there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love just watching him walk out there and just absolutely uh, you couldn't hear what he's saying i wish there was like you know a channel you could tune in that was like you know where you could hear that Uncensored. Shit. yeah but he's just turning purple like he couldn't breathe he wasn't inhaling he's just exhaling fucking spits flying out of his mouth he's just screaming at this guy and then you just see him stop and then he just walks off the off the field and he yeah. knew he's getting kicked out i just love that he just gave him a fucking piece of his mind and he's like, got it all out, and then just walked off. Yo, he started you, uh, getting color back in his face there. You know what goes crazy is, is, is uh, fucking Rocco Baldelli in Minnesota. Remember when the Jays got that call about the, like, the catcher blocking the plate? Yep. I think that's in, yeah, yeah, Minnesota. Um, he went fucking nuts on the fucking umpire. He he gets into it, and, like, uh. That rule is so the, bad, man, that fucking, like, the. the oh, yeah, uh, it's brutal. Kurt got trapped trapped the other yeah, day that too. was the dumbest thing I ever saw. I was like, "You kidding me? What is he supposed to do? He's supposed to not yeah, fucking move that's over even to catch worse. this ball?" That was get that rule out of baseball. I'm new to baseball, but holy fuck, that was stupid. That so Austin Hedges, Austin Hedges, like a, a, a like a month or so ago, got like there was a massive soundbite. Like he got fucking super pissed, got fined for it, and called out the league for how brutal that rule is for catchers. Um, yeah, because it was meant the rule is made to protect catchers so they don't get railroaded yep. and now it's working completely against them so he got mad because uh, a call got overturned and called safe instead because he had his leg over the fucking baseline or whatever when he caught the ball this one um, although it had really no effect on the game we would have lost anyways but Kirk's was actually worse than Austin Hedges if you take away like the score factor like you know what I'm saying like so how it changed bad. the game because Kirk's like there was no other option for. There was nowhere else exactly. for him to go. Like he, he had, had to move in, to catch that. He had to that move into foul territory to receive that ball, right? So yeah. exactly. So yeah, no other was, option. Uh, so like and that he, and they, was, the reason they called it is because he was in the baseline like forty feet before Rutschman is even near the plate, or like forty feet. He was like forty feet still from the plate. That's just the way it goes, bro. So that rule will probably get changed, I assume, because there's way too many. There's more people that hate it than than like it by like even a, like the uh, announcers. Even the announcer I was listening to was saying how like shitty of a rule that is. Like he's like, I don't like it, but that's the rule, unfortunately. Like it, yeah, yeah, it's brutal. It's, and is that a newer rule too? Like I've never heard. Yeah, of it that. is. It is. In the is, last yeah. probably like probably like ten years of of you're not allowed to run the catcher anymore, which is fair. I used to feel so bad for the catchers, dude. You get like a Vladdy running down the third base line. You're trying to Kirk. focus on catching the ball this way, and Vladdy yeah. is just taking your head off at top speed as the ball gets to you. Like that wasn't fair by any means, but at the same point, like you said, there's gotta be like an even ground where like, yeah, there's gotta still be, you still gotta be allowed to have like a play at the plate. Cause that's what they've kind of taken out. They've taken out any play at the plate. Now make a rule where you can't smoke the back catcher. If he's, you know, you can't just run them right through them. And then also that's what it was for a few years. That's what it and was for a few years, go? I were think. They, but now, were they still getting run over, or was it working? I think I don't know what what caused them to like f- like 
optimize the rule or well, not optimize, but you know what I'm saying? I like add to the rule, but I think there was like a new rule added like just this year or something before like in the off season, because that was never, this was never a big thing until this year. So I think they added something in and it, it used to be for, I mean, like 10 years or so ago, like 10, 15 years, you could just fucking light up the catcher. Oh dude, just dummy. But then, then they changed that a, like a while ago, like years ago, I'd say around like 10, they yep. changed that. You couldn't fucking dummy the catcher. And now it's like even progressed to the point where catchers can't like fucking block the plate or else the, I don't know what, like, I don't know what the reasoning was. Like maybe somebody got hurt by a cleat or some shit. No, it's just because the runner has nowhere to go. So like it before it would be like the catcher was allowed to block the plate. And if he's blocking the plate, you're allowed to run his ass over. And then they took out, you're not allowed to run his ass over, but they left the fact that the catcher was allowed to block the plate. So the catcher could be just standing there blocking the completely blocking the plate waiting for the throw to come in and the runner's not allowed to touch him or else he's getting tossed and they're and well, it's just slide into out. him i know but you weren't allowed to do that at one point so then that's why they've taken even they they try to go against the whole sliding into the guy's leg with your cleat because like i said it starts whatever the little pushing tournaments that they have um <laughs> so it's like they just try to take it out of the game completely by being like okay the catcher can't block the plate and you can't touch the catcher so now it should just be an open plate and it should just be like a, like how the second baseman kind of straddles the second base bag where the guy can still slide in and then they, but they could also still get the tag down. It just, it doesn't work at home plate because you don't know where it's coming from. If it's coming from left field, if the throw's coming from left field, you're not going to be standing behind the plate. You never get the tag in. You have to be standing yeah. in front of the plate somewhere. So it's just at a weird spot where like, I feel like eventually here, as stupid as it sounds, it's like it almost is trending in the direction of fucking how like slow pitch beer league is played, where they put a line in and they say, if you no run by shot. that line, like I don't think it's going to happen either, but that's the way it's trending. It's like, we don't want the catchers to block the plate. We don't want any collisions at the plate. The player's not allowed to go outside of the baseline to slide. And so what's the other alternative here? Like it was, you have two it plates? It was fine though. It was literally fine. Like um, maybe... I don't know, like five five years ago, like I don't remember this ever being a problem. Like you obviously can't railroad the catcher if the catcher's blocking the plate. You can't if the catcher's blocking the plate. Um, then you just have to find an alternate slide, or you slide like uh, you, it's not like if you slide and you slide into and make any contact, you're immediately out. Like you know what I'm saying. And if you stay within the baseline, you're totally fine. You can make whatever kind of slide you want. But if you can't, if you if your leg if it's just simple as your foot can't be over the line or you can't even be in the baseline 40, like while the runner's 40 feet from the plate, then there's something. No, that makes no sense. That's what makes no sense. That's what I'm saying. Like now they're saying the catchers can't even be like around the plate. They don't want to. They got to be above the plate. So what, tell me what, what did, how did Kirk, how could Kirk avoid that call um, two nights ago or whatever it was, three nights ago now? How That's can Kirk avoid that call if he has to receive that ball in foul territory? Like he's got to, like obviously the catcher stand standard is, is is standing in front of the plate, and especially now he has to stand directly in front of the plate. Can't even have a foot on the fucking line. So and if the ball's thrown into foul territory and, and he has to get there and cross the baseline um, while Rutschman's running to or while a runner is coming to to home, how do you avoid that call then? I get he was like kind of like fucking. He was kind of like, as he was like lining up the his, his positioning while the throw was coming in, I get he was kind of like fucking just like, um, he was like drifting a little bit. Like he was, a, he, he kind of like stayed in that area a little bit too long maybe. But like, it's not like when, when Rutschman even started his slide, like he was even 
close. Like he had like a clear lane. Like his, he went over the plate and and and, and had a straight dive. His di- like you know what I'm saying. His slide yeah. was not obstructed at all, and he went and, and he went straight. It was you a straight head first slide into home unobstructed. How could you even? Like, I don't understand. Maybe I don't know what should, the call uh, is on that either. Maybe they should go with DK's idea that he mentioned on the pod there last week. Just make it a full out steroids allowed league, full contact. <laughs> fucking get out. What do they call it? Spider tack or whatever. Get out of the spider tack. Like, yep. fuck all the rules. Just full sand, full contact. Those scrums, get them all on steroids. Those won't be pushing <laughs> contests anymore. They're going to be swinging bombs in there. People are going to be getting knocked out like they just took an Nganu punch to the face. Hey. I'm yeah. down for that league. Last week when DK mentioned it, I was like, that'd be stupid. Come on. Now, <laughs> now, now the, I saw this rule where the catcher can't get an out because he's catching a ball. Like, that was bullshit. We're doing steroids <laughs> league from now on. I'm all Bro, for every that. Catcher, <laughs> every catcher would be 300 pounds of just pure muscle. Like there'd just be a no sumo chance. wrestler there. Just yeah. put a linesman from the NFL in there. Just lock it <laughs> away. Just lie down in front of it. Yeah, yeah, guys just leaping <laughs> over top of them and shit because they're all on steroids could jump in <laughs> yeah have you seen the chris coughlin clip of uh for ty for like a new baseball fan you got to watch that one no, i haven't seen the that no what's that all bunny about? hops bunny jumps absolutely does a barrel roll over the catcher and gets oh, it's send safe me at link. home send me a link i'm getting into the baseball so i got unreal know, highlight the historical bro. Classic. now i gotta see the class of that was a fucked up play. That's a still, Blue Jays classic. Say, still the best play at the plate of all time is fucking Buck Martinez getting absolutely drilled, and I'm pretty sure breaking both, if not one, it was both of his legs. He's sitting yeah. there at home plate out in front, and another guy tries to score. He's still got the ball, and he tags him out too as he's <laughs> sitting there like in front of the plate with like nice. two broken legs. All time <laughs> play at the plate from fucking our boy Buck Martinez. Like, Legend. It's, Holy it's, shit. Yeah, unbelievable. That's wild. Well, I mean, we were talking about the uh, little scrum there from the Jays and that, which um, I don't think you can really call that a fight, but why don't we move on to some real fights here? And uh, if you've been following our podcast since day one, then you already know that we crush it when it comes to UFC gambling. And we did it again last week, going 10 and 2 on picks at UFC Paris. And nailed a huge parlay there, too, plus 4,424 odds. Ooh. And that parlay was the uh, Sorrell gone to win by third-round KO, Whitaker to win by decision, and Nasrat to win by decision. Pretty nasty picks we had there last week, and uh, I'm not going to brag about it too much because we do this every week on uh, Bucks on Nugs here. So we'll do it again this weekend. And great fights on that card, though. I was kind of disappointed that um, the Canadian Charles Jordan couldn't find a way to get the W. But, yeah, overall, great card. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts on that card before we uh, rip this weekend's picks? Um, I just want to shout out your fucking amazing fucking parlay you made there. That was fucking nuts. If you had placed a grand on that, you would have made 40. Um, yeah. That's always good in hindsight. Just saying, uh, oh, only if I placed $1,000. But uh, placed five, anyways, you yeah. made like almost $300, buddy. You don't even have to bet fat yeah, to make exactly, money. Bet exactly. five or you're th- making like. $300. <laughs> so after after you did that, I changed our bio on Instagram to guarantee money UFC every UFC card. And I thought, I asked you boys if it's too aggressive. DK came up with an alternate option, but I think I'm just going to leave it yep. um, until you boys go, until you boys go, like maybe until you tag go like under 500 on a card, which I don't, which I'm not sure will ever happen. So that's why. It hasn't I'm happened yet, but you, 
Steve That's loves jinx confident. and stuff, so I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Way to jinx it, buddy. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean, I already jinxed your fucking fantasy football season. Yeah, I thought your guy drafts was about to shit. You Did you, 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 <laughs> Did you see that? Holy fuck. popping a squat right on my Yo, shoulder. Yo, audio listeners, GK's cat. I just started fucking hitting the squats. <laughs> I thought he was just going to fucking drop some steam on your shoulder there. That's, <laughs> that's unreal. <laughs> but yeah. No. Anyways, so... No, go. that card, that card tie. I know you said you don't want to brag. Take a fucking lap. That is unbelievable. <laughs> when I saw you, and then and then even you're like, clip it. Here's the part. And then I I didn't remember you putting together that parlay on the pot. Like I did not remember yeah. that. Like to have that in audio and video form, and you hit the hit the parlay is unbelievable. That's almost unheard of in the gambling game. At the time you see yeah. a big ticket that somebody hits like that, and they post it, and you think, yeah, 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 I can fucking Photoshop too, pal. Or I can find some random person's ticket. You had the fucking evidence with yeah. it. Like, you yeah, had both. all the receipts. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. That that hel- that holds up in a court of law. Did you see the dudes on, our, on the TikTok comments? The... Be no, I didn't even know it was on TikTok. I see a dude. business opportunity. It. Yeah, I posted on TikTok, and one guy goes, "One guy's like, who is that?" Because <laughs> uh, I said, "Like all hail the king." And they're like, "What the fuck?" They probably saw the video and just saw that dirty parlay. And we're like, "Who what is the this fuck? guy? <laughs> who the fuck is this guy?" And then another dude tags his buddy, and his buddy goes, "I see a business opportunity." So yeah, so, you got some serious people tailing you now. Let's go. Well. <laughs> Fuck, no pressure. Hey, boys, no pressure. We've done it before, though, and we'll do it again. And, yeah. Um, did you guys have any thoughts, though, on, like, those fights there that happened in Paris? Their first time they've ever been to Paris, and all the uh, French fighters want to. I didn't mention on the pod that Parlay had put together, but I did mention that if, um, like, I'm going to gamble on the, the French fighters because they're at home. And you'll see that in UFC, like, just a gambling tip. When you see them doing something in, like, for example, when they were in the UK there a couple months ago, Every fucking fighter from the UK won. Like Patty Pimblett won. Yep. The um, what's Molly the meatball? Name's meatball. Yeah. Molly McCann. McCann. Yeah, Molly McCann yeah. won. And then uh, I think maybe one. There might have been one guy that lost from the UK. The Welsh guy. I can't remember if he won or lost. But like on that card, I just gambled on all the hometown fighters because you know it's gonna be like Dana wants to fire up the crowd. So I feel like when he's making those matchups, low key he might give them a slight advantage. Like he might make fights that he thinks they're going to win like every french fighter won i didn't put them all in a parlay but i put four of them in a parlay that fucking hit the only one that wasn't in the parlay was the uh joaquin buckley fight but joaquin buckley's an absolute animal i thought he was going to go if that was a five round fight i think he could have finished him off because that third round he was bringing the heat if it was another minute long he could have got the knockout but unfortunately he took the l he's going to be back though and whoever he fights next i think he's going to tear their head off bk you got or uh, sorry Stu, you got something yeah, I was just are, are you moving on to the upcoming card? Or are you still talking about this card? I'm just uh, getting your thoughts on the last card, and then I'll move on to this weekend's picks. I have no more thoughts, but I just saw that you, as we're talking about the UFC is live press conference for this weekend. Uh, Chimaev yep. Diaz. Um, yeah. I think they just, I think they just cut it early because there were, people are threatening to fight too many hotheads. They just called <laughs> the press conference off early. The whole crowd is booing. Fucking everyone in the chat's pissed. <laughs> oh, I bet all the diehard Diaz fans are going to be there, yep. and all the fucking Chimaev, yeah. my hype train boys. Like so, myself. I guess Chimaev, I, I guess Chimaev, fucking, uh, was hoping for like a, a press conference brawl. I said he has twenty guys with him. Yeah, because like <laughs> usually, usually Diaz rolls with a massive crew too, with like 
Melendez and his brother and Jake Shields and like all these guys. Usually Diaz has a fucking crew around him. Plus, Chamaya's yeah. been looking for a fight for a while. Did you see the clip of him and Paulo Costa in the PI? Yeah. Yeah. They're t- yeah Paulo that. Costa was like, I want to fuck you. <laughs> he wasn't even saying, I want to fight you. He was like, I want to fuck you. And Chamaya's like, You want to fuck me? <laughs> like, it was the weirdest, <laughs> it was the weirdest confrontation. That's but it's oh, yeah. two badasses, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's like that was, Mike Tyson fucking remember yeah, when he was yelling yeah. at a reporter saying like I'll fuck you in the ass and shit. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they're talking a lot Lana of shit. Rhodes, there. OnlyFans shit. You know, so I had to bring up the Lana Rhodes again this week, boy story. Oh god damn it. I thought we were out of the gutter, boys. We're back right back in the fucking gutters this week, eh? Let's see how it goes. I still need to cut that clip together. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the Lana Rose conversation. There's not many times where I listen to like ourselves talk and I'm like laughing out loud. I'm driving to work. It's like 4.04 in the morning and I am like howling in my car listening to us talk <laughs> about fucking Lana Rhodes and the people banging at the Rogers Center and this like, it was fucking like, it was it was good. Even there's like at one point where I was like, don't act like we didn't all watch a fucking Lana Rhodes film and it went like dead quiet in my car for like three seconds i just i could not stop laughing it was like god damn it i was thinking for like 10 minutes after that i was like wait you guys were talking about ufc and i was just like sitting out for a bit and i was thinking like to myself like is that a flex though and then i like kind of just came upon the decision so when i had the fucking opportunity i had to jump back in there with the lottery unbelievable roads. All right, back on track. We gotta yeah, get let, to the let's, let's keep it out of the gutter for for now, at least. Maybe near the end of the show, we can, you know, final thoughts. You can uh, talk more. Well, about Well, we just that. need I'll, gu- I'll leave- guys to stop threatening to fuck guys, and then, yeah. we're, and then we're good, you know? it's, yeah, well, literally, that's when Ch- guys Chimaev, roads, uh, they go hand in hand. Chamayev, when when Costa was saying that, he brought up the thing that Adesanya did there after Adesanya beat up Costa. He kind of, uh, you know, gave him a little like fucking inappropriate gesture at the end of that fight i don't know if you guys know what i'm referring to but yeah it was it was uh something definitely that's gonna offend costa when he's chirped about it i don't see that fight happening though like it's obviously heating up between the two of them i think chamayev you know what if he loses to diaz which i don't see happening then he'll fight costa but i see him tearing up diaz walking right through him and then moving on to probably covington i would think covington or maybe he gets the title shot maybe goes and fights edwards he was well, supposed you, to fight Edwards way back when he had COVID, but that was uh, canceled because he had COVID. Now Edwards is a champ. And I could see Chemayev going from, there's two weight classes he can fight people in. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. So if Chemayev wins, if Chemayev wins, would you rather see him? Uh, there's three options, three doors. Colby Covington is one door. Kamaro Usman for the number one contender is the other door or Leon Edwards for the title. Which one? If I the one I want to see the most is the title shot against Edwards. I want to see him fight Kamaru. Me too. Like I'll get to that in a sec here, but like I definitely want to see a fight for a title. But I think the best, like most entertaining fight would be the Usman fight, like you say. Yeah. Like that would be the best against the best right there. I think Edwards got real lucky with that head kick that he landed on Usman because Usman was dummying him that entire fight. So I've I think yeah, Chamayev versus Usman would be the most entertaining, but the title fight is what I want to see the most because Chamayev, I've been saying since the first fight I watched him, and that guy's going to be a future champion. And I still believe that I'm sticking to it. And I think uh, when it comes to picks for this weekend, I think uh, Chamayev goes in there, wins by a knockout or a submission, like he's going to get a finish. 
And then other picks here, I think Tony Ferguson might be walking into his last fight in the UFC because I think Li Jing Liang there, I think he's, he's going to beat him. Yep. I don't know if it's going to be a, a knockout finish or go the distance. Like, I'm not too sure if he's going to pick him apart like uh, Gaethje kind of did and they go all the, the whole way or if uh, he, he gets a knockout or chokes him out or whatever. But I think Ferguson, he's done. I, like, he's almost done in the UFC. Like, I can't see him fighting mm-hmm. again if he loses this fight. I think his chin's gone. He's uh, I've never been a big Tony Ferguson fan. I know people love the guy, but I, I can't support him for some reason. Like, I like his fighting style. He's got some really creative submissions and leg locks, and the shit he does is super cool. But just uh, seeing him outside of the octagon, some of the shit he says and all that, uh, not a big fan. I know I said Mike Perry's a beauty, though, so I'll, who the fuck am I to say this shit, right? Like, I'm so, saying Ferguson's an asshole and Perry's a beauty, so it doesn't add up. But, um, I don't know, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. I think that's what they say. And then uh, for other picks here, I got uh, Kevin Holland getting the W. And I'm probably going to parlay those together. But uh, So I'll probably just money line parlay them together. And then if you want to have a little fun with it like we did last week there, I'm going to say Chemayev by finish. And I might even say round one finish if you're looking to take a risk for some extra juice there. And then I'm on the fence about um, how I think Li Jing Liang is going to win. But like I said, it's either going to be a finish, and we'll say third round finish if you're trying to put the juice on it, or it goes to decision. And then I'll probably just, um, I'll, I might just keep them on the money line though for that parlay. And then, uh, yep. the other one, Holland by KO, too. So to recap yep. that, I'll be doing uh, Chimaev finish, Jing Liang money line, and Holland finish. And then if you want a little more juice, it would be Chimaev first round KO, Li Jing Liang third round finish, and um, Holland by KO, too. So we'll just say. All of them by finish. Jemayev round one. Jing Liang round three. No idea about Holland. Have a little fun with it. Do what you feel. Is, you you're know, getting aggressive hit. with it Go now. With your hey, you, used, you used to just call the winner, and now you're just calling by finish round. Well, well. So I, I give you my safe. <laughs> I gave you my safe bets, and then I gave the the little fun parlay there. Maybe we should get a name for that on our show, like Tyler's fucking. Uh, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll come up with a name, like a the risky pick or something, or the the big money parlay, whatever the fuck. We'll come up with a name with it. But um, if you just do the Chimaev KO, Jing Liang money line, and Holland KO, calling them KOs, but finish could be a submission too, just to get the finish. That'll put your odds at around plus six nineteen. And then if you decide to go with Chimaev first round KO instead of just by the KO, then it's plus thirteen sixty seven. When I last looked there, so those are great odds. It's uh. It's tough to hit those ones though. We got fucking lucky there last week. Even just but, even uh, just your safe one. Even just your safe one. Just uh the yeah. Chimaev to win, uh Jing Liang Liang to win, and Kevin Holland to win is still plus one thirteen. Like that's still yeah. plus money. Kind of mix them in. I would say mix them in like both kind of like you did um with the last thing. Don't don't make one safe one, you say, and one just make one parlay and just warn people beforehand. I think it's the best way to do it. Um because then if it hits, then you hit one. I mean, I don't like to tell anyone what to do, though. So I give them options here. So well, you've been pick. telling people what to do. What you say, what even if you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do. Yeah, but, I that's, <laughs> but, but, but you've built up a reputation that people just do what you do now. So you're, by saying you, what you're going to do, you're telling. You're not, you're not actually. I know what you're saying. You're not actually telling. What I'm going to probably do is put both. I'll probably put all three on the money line. Yeah. And then I'm going to do a separate parlay with the um, first round finish Chamayev, third round finish Ling Ji Liang and um Holland finish as well 
The Jing so Liang one, though, fuck. I'm not for sure it's third round. I would go s- round. Yeah, no. round is fucking so aggressive. I thought that, that's that's the fun one, though. That's the one where you're having a little fun with it, buddy. The odds for that would be yep. nasty. Like, you're getting money. We did it last week. Yeah, fucking, but if you're, you're trying to call it? two different fights in, in a round, you know what I'm saying? That would be even more aggressive than last week. Oh, fuck. Why not get more aggressive? Fuck it. All right. Fair. <laughs> I like um, it. You, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying what I'm doing. You put your money where you want and fucking. True. However much you Anyways, want. Anyways, lads. Yeah. And then uh, are... other picks here. Um, oh, shit. My bad. Going to lean towards uh, Collier over Chris uh, Barnett there. As much as I love that Barnett highlight, real spinning head kick KO. His last fight, he kind of looked like shit. And I think uh, Collier there, he's desperate for a win because the last fight there, he was shafted by the judges against Arlovsky. Yep. Not complaining about that, though, because I had money on Arlovsky. We hit a parlay that night, too. <laughs> if you remember, that was probably a few months by, back by now. By the there. way, made money there, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of the picks, I'm going to put those out on the uh, Bucks on Nux socials before the fights on Saturday there. But uh, DK, did you have any picks? Yeah. Did you have something you wanted to, you wanted to jump in with first, Stu? Yeah. I was just going to say this, that, that the press conference got canceled before it even started. There was a... Yeah, uh, streets are saying there was a fight backstage. Yeah, uh, I imagine Jumai too. If, Diaz. Yeah, yeah Diaz, that's what I think it was. The whole storyline of this fight is like, who's the real gangster, right? Get the American gangster Diaz, and then you got the uh, Chechenian gangster, and he's like, oh, I eat American gangsters for breakfast, kind of thing. So they, of well, course, they go. both showed up with a whole gang, right? That's all. It's this whole yeah. storyline of this fight. So is. shit's serious. Dana, yeah. Dana apparently just came on, said, uh, "Yeah, this isn't happening." Got word from what's happening backstage. So, Sorry, guys. This is the first time in Weird Waters. This is the first time this has ever happened in the history yep. of this company. Type shit. So apparently, it's serious. So if you buy the if you buy the paper, if, yeah, twenty like, Diaz it could have happened. <laughs> Actually, could have somebody probably threatened a gun or some shit. You know what I'm saying? But uh, if you buy the pay per view this weekend, like if anybody still is is paying for this shit, uh, you might be getting your money's worth. It seems. Yo, hundred yeah. percent. It's gonna be a great card. It's going to be an excellent card for sure. Yeah, but beyond just the fights, there might be some like extra, there might be some side quests going down by some oh, yeah. people. You know what I'm saying? Some like fucking, uh, some, some WWE shit. Khabib versus fucking Connor when he jumped over the ring and started yeah, fighting yeah, Dylan yeah, Dennis yeah. and shit. That was, a, everyone hated that. I loved it. That was electric. Like watching Khabib yeah. go up it's there because and start everyone, a fight. It's because everyone wanted Connor to win. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Um, so when they see Khabib win and then hop over the crowd, they wanted to. It's like, I was, he's like, this I, guy's a fucking fuck. You know what I'm saying? It was electric. I loved every second about it. The, it is a weird thing with Diaz, though. Like, Diaz is like, I'm the real gangster. Well, like, fuck, man. Chimaev and Khabib are kind of fucking Russian gangsters, too. Like, And he's like, no, 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 I'm the gangster. It's like, Diaz, man. Like, there's other gangsters in the fucking world. Like, I get you're a bad man because yeah. you fought forever, but, like, there's other bad men in this world, too. Like That guy doesn't even, like, realize, like, what's going on to, yeah. other than in his own head. Like, fucking, yep. what did he, the famous fucking uh, clip when he's, like, it was, like, before the, uh, McGregor and his one fight. And <laughs> McGregor's, like, you look like a scared gazelle. And he's, like, nobody knows what that means, bro. Nobody knows what that means. Like, I said this fucking is gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is America. America. <laughs> nobody knows what a fucking gazelle is. <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? I think McGregor so, also chirped him about not being able to count to 10 or something, too. Yeah. <laughs> and that press conference. Yeah. Fuck out of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, that McGregor, was the- McGregor might be the best shit talker uh, in UFC history. Oh, yeah, dude. So. Well, him and Ch- Chael Sonnen had some fucking things. good lines, too. Yeah. Chael Sonnen was, was like original with it and had the same kind of thing as Connor. He kind of paved the way for these boys in terms of talking shit. 
I always Bisping love a soft spot for Chael. Bisping was, was pretty good too. Yeah, Bisping was pretty good growing up watching him shit talk everybody too. Yeah, there's a couple guys, but I'm gonna get into my picks for this weekend. So similar yeah. to Ty, I also like Chemayev, and I also like Chemayev to get the finish. It used to be a thing where you couldn't knock out the Diaz brothers and you couldn't finish them. Um, that's not so much the case anymore. <laughs> I think Diaz has been finished a few times now. I think we even saw Nick get finished at one point. They just don't. You can only take so much of a beating and still have a chin. Um, Nate's been in a lot of big fights. I think Chemayev is just good enough. I think even if Chemayev can't get him on the uh, on the feet, he's going to take him down and beat the shit out of him, get the TKO. Um, I so I like the, the game Chim- plan. Yeah, yeah, I like the Chemayev by like KO TKO. Um, I also like the parlay of uh, Kevin Holland and Ian Kudabala. Right, with, I didn't even mention that pick. Yeah, Kudabala, I'm on the fucking fence about that one, man. So Kudabala is actually a big betting favorite. He's minus 220, Johnny Walker's plus 180. So if you parlay, for me, I think Kevin Holland gets a finish, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to go Kevin Holland on the money line, Kudabala on the money line, and Jake Collier on the money line, who's a big favorite over Chris Barnett, and that's going to get you plus 166 odds. That's a pretty good uh, bet to hit in terms of... Um, Whatever, if you wanted to get a little bit freaky with it, like Collier's also a heavyweight, so you could go by KO if you wanted to add some some serious odds to that. Another pick, me and Ty were talking about it beforehand, and neither of us are necessarily sure on how it's um, how it was going to go, and that was the Kudabala fight. I do think Kudabala gets the win. We both said um, that he's due for a win. He's been losing a ton, and he's just, he, like Ty, Ty pointed out before the show, if he loses, he's going to get cut. That is yeah. a big motivator in terms of in the fight game. That's the only thing that can be motivating you at this point. You know that this is your last fight. He put probably all of his resources, all of his energy into this training camp, and I think we're going to see the best version of Kudabala that we've ever seen come out here. And then the last one is uh, Jing Liang Li versus Tony Ferguson, and I'm going to go with uh, Li Jing Liang by KO at plus 120. I just don't think Ferguson has what it takes to stay in there with him right now. So I do like Liang to get the to get the KO. Um, like I said, I like Chemayev to get the finish. If you want to get freaky with it, you go Collier to get the finish too. I got the parlay. I'm I'm almost right with you uh, this week, Ty. I've learned my lessons because I think last week I was like, oh, I don't like your picks. I'm going against them. I'm taking <laughs> all the dogs. And I got fucked last week. I don't think I hit a bet in the UFC last week. And Ty was hitting plus five thousand fucking parlays, making <laughs> making what you make in a fucking week in a UFC bet, baby. So I'm Let's I'm, go. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> with Ty this week. I'm with Ty this week. I'm all over it. Um, yeah, I think those are I think those those are the play. I think it's going to be a really good card too. A lot of pay per views that I I I think I see where I'm like, ah, it's you know two really good fights and three shitty fights. This is actually kind of like four of the five are really good fights. Yeah, there's a few I didn't even mention too. Like, there's a couple Canadians fighting there. Uh, Dawudo, I think that's how you say it. He's fighting a Rosa. I, I'm gonna go with Canadian in that one, and then also um, the Lionese guy there fighting Darian Weeks. That two Canadians that I'm gonna gamble on both of them. Fuck it, I might even parlay them together just because they're Canadians. I haven't had a, a ton of luck betting on Canadians lately, so let's let's turn <laughs> that around this weekend hopefully, and it'll uh, it'll hit finally. But uh, that's all I had for picks. I like DK's picks too. And the rest of the uh, the picks on the card I'll put out on our socials, like I said earlier there. Uh, mm-hmm. Keep an eye out for those. And then um, I guess we move on to our next topic now. And then uh, one thing I wanted to mention on the show today was related to hockey, and that was that uh, Timmy 
got paid, and we fucking love to see it. Tim Stutzel, he signed an eight-year, $68.8 million contract. So that's about $8.35 million a year. Absolutely love this signing as a Sens fan. The guy's only like 20 years old, and I think he's about to have a breakout season playing with Giroux and Debrinkit and, uh, you know, these young guys coming in like Sanderson and that. The team's gotten a lot better, and I think he's going to be a stud for the next eight years and beyond, and then eight years from now, he's only going to be like 28 years old. So the future for this kid is super bright. He's going to get that fat, fat contract probably after those eight years are done. But to have this guy for like $8 million a year, for eight years is an excellent contract in my opinion. And as happy as I am about this contract, being a Sands fan, I think my favorite thing about it was what Timmy said in uh, when he was asked what the new contract means to him. And he said what it means to him is that his parents don't have to work anymore. That's number one. And uh, just an absolute beauty thing to say. Kid's a legend in the making. And uh, bringing him back a segment from last week here. Good contract or bad contract, lads? What do you think? I'm going to say that I think you have a little bit of fan bias because I, I, I don't. I also I think watch Timmy, him play every game, though. So I know he's I know, fucking Yeah, obviously. Good. But, I, well, it, you think his performance last year was worth eight? If he got paid $8 million last year, you think you think it, it was. He'll be underpaid by the end of his contract. I think he'll be heavily underpaid, right, especially but, if the salary cap goes up. And right, yeah, but, definitely. Right. He was the best player on the team, like, Every game at the second half of the season, every game he was the well, best player on the ice. He got paid more than Kachuk and and, and Shabbat. Uh, yeah, and I think more than Norris. He's the high, highest paid senator of all yep. time. Yeah, yeah. That that's what kind of uh, was like uh, surprising to me. Like I thought he. I'm not saying he's going to be overpaid. Like I still think he's going to be a sick player, and he'll probably. And I think if I had to guess, he'll probably live up to that contract or beyond. But I'm I'm just saying it's not without like a it's not without bad contract potential. It definitely that I think that's still. I exists. can't see it ever being a bad contract unless he gets injured or something. Like the guy. Just I mean, I mean, he said that contract was written hoping for like a, a Jack Hughes situation. You know what I'm saying? Like people said the same thing. So Jack Hughes is gonna be a bust. He got eight eight by eight or whatever in uh yeah. in New Jersey, and it's similar to what Stutzla got here. So I think fucking. He's still got another I, year on his current contract or something, too. Like, he wasn't even due for a contract. They signed him ahead of when he was due. And I think if you gave it another year or two, he could ask for more because he's only going to – he's going to fucking light it up this year. Playing with Giroux, man. Learning from Giroux how to play center. Playing with Debrink well, it, a guy he can set up on the power play. Like, he's going to rack points up. And then he's going to be like, fuck, I should have asked for $9 million, man. <laughs> I'm just but saying – But I think, you I, know what? He, he's happy to play in Ottawa because he loves Brady Kachuk. He loves Josh Norris. He loves these boys. He gets along with them great. And I think he probably took a bit of a pay cut. Like, he probably could have been paid more. But I think no. the whole team is bought into this idea. Like, when Kachuk signed long-term, he said to Dorian and all the other management team, like, we want to keep this group together, and we want to build from it. So we want to bring in, like, a, a number one center. We did it. We got Giroux. We want to bring in a top goal scorer. We got Debrinkit. That was all part of the Kachuk negotiations. I think Stutzel's seen that, you know, Brady's locking up long-term. And one of the things when, when Timmy was being interviewed on TSN there about the contract, he said, I think the, you know, number one thing of why I signed this contract is because of the group of guys that's here, love playing with them. And they're all in it to go, go for the long run. Like they're all, we got our core players locked in for like eight years now. We got Kachuk for seven. Uh, Batherson still got like five. Shabbat still got like five. Norris no is signed for eight. And we Shabbat. got Stutzel for eight. The core, the offensive core is locked in. 
Debrinket's probably going to sign for even more, I bet, than Stutzel did once his contract comes up if he goes and puts up another 40-goal season. But he's got one year left on his contract, and we'll see how that plays out, see if he gets paid or see if it doesn't go so well and we trade him. We'll, we'll find out. So, uh, what are your thoughts? I, oh, go ahead, Stu. Go ahead, Stu. Okay. I, I, I just want to say, like, uh, before we move on, I, I just want to say to you, Ty, that uh, last year, Stutzla got put up a 58-point season and played pretty well a full season, three games short of a full season. It was a minus 27. I'm saying I'm saying right now there, there's no chance. <laughs> Fucking, they were shamming. Okay, but yeah, still the, the production numbers is means I'm just trying to say that right now. Last year, he was not worth $8 million, and if he had got a bridge deal, I think saying he, got, he took a pay cut is, is false. And I'd say that. Well, he didn't have to sign. He could have waited another year and then asked for more. So that's where I was going to come. No, no. Assu- assuming, assuming he had a good season, if he he like eight eight million, like it, it is point per game at least numbers. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's like an eighty point sure. player, eight, eighty He's point like player nine, for eight, 19, eight point four years old or something. Yeah, right. So, so that's what I'm saying. You're you're banking though a little bit. You can't say it's not. You can't say it's a guaranteed great contract. There's no. When you watch no it, when you watch him play and just see him on the ice controlling and I know, but it has to play, convert though. I, I like how he plays. That's what I'm saying. It's, I think he's. It's I do too. Like, I do too. But I'm just saying it's not guaranteed. I think it's he, guaranteed. Let's Unless let's just hurt. DK I think it's guaranteed. So I actually because obviously I have the biased take of I fucking hate the Sens. So any contract they signs, I kind of like scoff at, just like Ty scoffs at any contract that the Leafs get. Right? It's the same kind of thing. I actually tried to do some unbiased research, and the unbiased research that I found said that he is by far the most skilled player on that team. And he's the he's got the highest ceiling in terms of a guy that could be like a hundred point guy by the end of this end of uh, that contract. But I will just say, I don't get why Ottawa had to sign this deal. Like Ty said, he had one more year on his deal, and then he would have been an RFA. What if he goes out? Let's just say he goes out there and he struggles this season, especially five on five, and he puts up fifty eight points again. And now all of a That's sudden, you're I mean. looking down the barrel of an eight-year, eight point, almost $8.4 million contract for eight years, and he's just going to be like a 60-plateauing. Yeah, 65-point guy because, you know what, you just never know. I just know that if this was roles reversed, say this was a 20-year-old Mitch Marner who just had 60 points last year and the Leafs signed him for $8.3 million, Ty would be like, that's a fucking yes, terrible contract, right? I know for a fact that all Sense fans would look and be like, that's a terrible contract. Why would they not wait and blah, blah, blah. I do think Dorian jumped the gun on the deal. But if you had to put a percentage on, I would say it's like 75% that Stutzel exceeds Agreed. that contract. I'm like he might be a nine page. or 10. Yeah, he might be like a nine or $10 million player by the end of it. But did they give Seriously, it to him yeah. maybe two years early, a year and a half? Like I would have liked to let this, if I was the GM, I would have let him play this year. If he had 58 points, guess what? You're going to get seven, five. For four years, you're going to get a cadre type deal where you are six mil for four years. If you get 85, then we'll pay you the nine. Like, I, I just I just think it was a year early. They gave the deal. That's all. I'm I think the timing early. I think the timing shows that, uh, I mean, Dorian's thinking like Ty is right now and is uh, really expecting like a breakout year from Stutzla. Yep. So they want to sign him for eight three now while he can still be at that value. Um, however, I think that's where historically a lot of mistakes have been made. Yep. 
And this one is, I wouldn't say this is a low risk contract by any means. In fact, I'd say it is a risky contract. I, I would say disagree. I, I think any, it's not I'd say twenty five. I I'd say anything over like twenty percent is a risky contract. I think any long term contract, you're, with, you're taking a risk. If you're signing someone long term, there's a risk involved in that because you don't know if they're going to get injured. You don't know if they're going to hey, minus show up injury. One minus year. injury. You don't know if they're going to get arrested. You don't know how the fuck they're going to come out and play. <laughs> if you're you banking no on a guy progressing, I'm saying not minus injury. Everybody could get injured. Then he's we know the that. best so guy to bank risk. on. If you're banking on a guy to do great, he's the best guy to put your money on. So they fucking went for it. I would say, I would say the best guy to put your money on is a guy that you has already proven his value. Like a and guy that's already he has no. You look at the points never, and you're looking at proved. him on playing. Look at if you he put him not on proved to be eight point three million dollars worth or whatever the fuck you get. Yeah, yeah. If you watch him play out game in game out, you fucking want. Yeah, that but guy it has to turn in into production term. though. I can be the fucking buddy. fastest guy in the world, the most skilled guy in the world, and still put up sixty points. I'm still a sixty point player at the end of the day. Look at the guys he's working with, though. He's playing with, like, Chris Tierney and Connor Brown. That was the line mates he had. Now he's going to be playing with Giroux and Debrinkit. Still. This guy's going to be fucking tearing the NHL up, buddy. I promise you that. And fucking... That's... He's going to fucking eat Gallagher alive next time they fucking Jack, play that. Jack Hughes, if we're shit. comparing him to Jack Hughes, they're both in the same fucking age range and both on the same... In a similar uh, situation now. Um, just Stutz is, like, a year behind. Um... Jack Jack Hughes put up like almost a hundred point pace with fucking Sharon Govich on his fucking wing. You know what I'm saying? And whoever the other fucking scrub is. So it does, saying look who he's playing with doesn't mean anything to me. If you don't if you don't prove you're an eight point whatever million dollar player, well, you're talking uh, all about the points, right? I'm talking about watching him game in game no out, guarantee. dominating play, and being the best player on the ice for this organization. Of course, we're gonna sign him to the deal we signed him to. Like we paid. Josh Norris around the same, and this guy's fucking not as good, not as good of a ceiling as as Stutzel has, in my opinion. So it's like it makes perfect sense to me what they did there. I fucking I think any long term contract is a risk, I like think I he, said. But I think this if you're going to take a risk on a player, you pick the, the right only, fucking guy to take a risk on. The length of the contract is not the only risk, is all I'm saying, dude. Fucking, I think, I think if you've never proved you're a young guy. There is not, I'm not saying there's a good chance, but I'm saying there's still a chance he plateaus considering he's never proven to be an eight and a half million dollar player. I think he has. Just, just it, the only thing that I will say in this argument, I'll let you guys keep going. Ty, you have to admit that if that was the Leafs giving Mitch Marner yes, that contract after his second season coming off of 60 points, you would say that's a bad contract. I don't know, buddy. Fucking, what is he signed <laughs> oh, at now? Like 10 million a year? He's yeah, know, I, he played for he played for three years, and I think the year that he got that contract, he almost put up eighty points. If not, he was like a point per game guy. Um, I yeah, could I be wrong. I could be wrong on that. But almost, I, I just it's similar, dude. It's like this is your young guy coming in, and you want to lock him in long term. It's a guy you drafted. It's a guy that you see being the future of your franchise. You're gonna pay him, otherwise he's gonna go fucking get paid somewhere else. You can lock him down. But a he year can't. Before he that can't. Day. He's an RFA. He can't until like six years in. That's what I'm saying. They didn't have to do this. Even if he became yeah, they, an RFA, he, they still have the rights to him for another three years after this they, year's contract is up. They want to show this guy that they want him here, and they want like, and he also fucking he wants to be. Well, here. Like they, it was a no brainer for both parties. I think they're both like, let's fucking do it. Let's sign. I don't this think thing. showing I them I he want. wants to. Dorian let fucking. Kachuk go a game into the season before signing him. I, yeah. I, or or like right before game one. So I don't think 
I don't think like that was all part of this leading up to this though. That Kachuk negotiation involved everything that they're building now. Like it involved Giroux coming in. It involved Dabrinkit coming in. Like part of Kachuk's negotiations was involving him becoming captain. It involved what he wants to see on his team. Like this team. I think it's a mega boomer bust, dude. That's all I'm saying. I can't like, I think like it's a boomer bust deal. It could be, it could be an incredible deal. He, he could be, I think there's a good chance, like DK said, I'm I'm in that like 60 to 80 range yep. of saying uh, a good deal. that, yeah, uh, thinking it'll it'll turn out to be fair value mm-hmm. to more than fair value or or beyond unfair value in Stutzla's case. You know what I'm saying? I think Stutzla might outplay his value or or his number do- or his dollar figure, fucking at some point. But I think there's also like, I think anything over like a 10 percent fucking chance uh, on a guy that's never proved it. Fucking I don't know why you keep saying he's never fucking... proved it, man. Never Watch him play hockey. Tight. Watch him play yeah. hockey. It doesn't matter. I've seen him play hockey, Ty. I know he's sick. I know he does cool shit out there. He's flashy. He makes cool plays. But if he, he doesn't put up... He play, buddy. He slows the game down and no, fucking No, he doesn't dominate the, the play. Game. He was at minus yeah, he 27. He's not even dominating when he's on the ice. He just is <laughs> sick He's like fuck. 19 <laughs> years old, and he continues to get better every But you're saying he's game. dominating the play. He's a fucking he minus is. 27. Batherson yeah, well, was a plus sen- player on the Sens last year. Oh, and Batherson's a beauty too. And we got him locked in for five years, but his ceiling's not as good as Stutzel's. He's not going to be as good as Stutzel down the road. That's I know, the best but contract he, that's in the all I'm NHL, saying is he was way. a positive Drake. player on the same Sens team. Stutzla was, Playing was with not. Chuck and Norris, though. Playing with Chuck and Norris. Okay, that's our, so Stutzler, that's our Chuck Norris line, right? That's the Okay, so that's a 30. That's a 31 plus minus difference right there. And, and on a separate line, that just shows me that at. At nine, even though he's only nineteen, he's not driving his own line. He's not dominating the play because he's he's actually he's actually a negative when he's put up against another line, and he's putting up sixty he, points, which is good. Looking which at means- the analytics, but look, watch him play hockey, buddy. Just watch him play hockey and be like, oh, <laughs> that's why fuck? they signed him. You don't play it. You don't pay a guy to eight and a half million fucking dollars to, because he looks sick on the ice. Yeah, no, like, because he's wh- a great hockey player. So, but I know so, he's a great so is Willie player. Nylander. Like, I, this is how I would see it. Willie Nylander can dominate the play for stretches of the game. He can be the best player on the ice for stretches of the game. He can Dude. also put up 60 points. And I think he gets he got 6'7, 6'9. 6'9. And I and I'm yeah. glad yeah. and I'm glad you brought up Willie Nylander because this is a perfect comparison. Willie Nylander, fucking Will, Willie Nylander. I'm not saying it's a perfect comparison. I saw that face you made, DK. I'm not saying they're like the same player or anything <laughs> by any means. But this is a good way to compare Stutzla. Yep. Willie Nylander puts up what sixty points? What did he put up yep. last year? Sixty or seventy? 70 yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he is, he's already putting up better numbers than fucking Stutzla, and he's making six nine. And some people still think that he's overpaid. Yep. Fucking Stutzla has never even put up sixty points. He's and, gonna and, fucking be putting up hundred before this contract's done, though. So that's what I'm saying. Him Eight million. But that's not guaranteed. He's never done it. You, and he, that's Nothing's guaranteed, Stu. Nothing's fucking guaranteed. I'm, I'm saying even if he stays healthy, it's not guaranteed. Is why I'm saying Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's right. guaranteed. So don't. So of t- course you, there's a risk in any contract. Yeah, but you said it was a guaranteed. You said it was all but guaranteed. The fucking. Well, it was if be I, a if I had to take a gamble on it, I'm and, fucking and, and gambling. And you went all as far in. as saying that all he in. was worth eight and a half million dollars last year. That's just simply not true. He proved he was. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he oh, fucking he did. did. That's why they signed him for eight and a half, dude. Why would they sign? <laughs> no, him they signed him eight and a half because he's ba- because they're banking on him being worth it. Is what I'm saying. Exactly. It's the same and you thing. You can see ja- from last year that he's you know going to be that you're gambling in the right direction. 
What I saw last year is that he has room for improvement. But he's not $8 million worth. No, I don't think, I was, don't think in the first year of his deal he's going to be worth the contract. But I do think in the fifth year of his deal, he's probably got a better chance of exceeding that contract and being worth more than he does not being worth it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't hate the deal. I don't hate the deal. I just think it was given way early. I just think it was given too early. They should have let this year play out. Like I said, they have team control. I understand you want to show them that you want to take them, but they drafted him second overall. That should show you, that should have showed him that they wanted him, right? Like, and you know what? For Timmy Stutzel, maybe, maybe Ottawa just threw out this soft offer and was like, here, here's 8.3 for the next eight years. And like Timmy Stutzel said, his dad's had some health issues. He wants to retire his parents. Maybe he took it. Maybe he was the aggressor on getting this deal, but uh, the only gripe I have with it is it's one year early. That's all. That's literally all. If he goes out and scores 80 points this year, it'd be like, you know what? Good for Ottawa. They saw it coming. But if he goes out and scores 50 or 60, it's going to be like, oh, he's going to have to grow into this contract. And that's never a good thing. Like think of the John Tavares thing, right? Like he's, we all, we still think that he needs to grow into that contract that he got. Yeah. And it's not a good feeling from the fan base. So I but know if Timmy Stutzel goes, and he's older now. 19, 20. Yeah. He's older now for sure. A hundred percent. Maybe it wasn't the best comparison, but at the same point, you get what I mean. Like it's from a fan perspective. It's never good to be watching a guy thinking, I don't know if he's worth all that. Like, yeah. so I, I just well, don't know. I would have just waited a year. That's all. And speaking of, speaking of the fans perspective, like this has been one of the greatest summers for Sands fans since they became a team back in the early nineties. Because this summer we brought in all the boys that I've already mentioned. And then just to sign Stutzel on top of that, like the morale for Sens fans is so high right now. And like everyone's excited and like they're selling tickets. They, I don't know if you see the score notifications. Like they've sold more season tickets this year than they have in the last fucking 10 years or something like that. Like the, the ticket sales Those are way poor up. fans. And uh, they're going to be <laughs> fucking, what did you say? Poor fans. I said those poor fans. Get fucking talking about is that from a Leaf fan? I'm hearing that fucking peanut gallery shit. <laughs> Fuck that. That's hilarious. <laughs> fucking let's see another first round exit from those lads and fucking see what's uh the poor fans out there. But uh fucking I think it's an electric time to be a Sense fan and this just made it even better. Sure. Fucking love the contract. What'd you guys think of that that quote though there about like his parents don't have to work anymore and that's number one? I thought it was love yeah, I love it. Just that. shows I the think character. That's everything, yeah. Like I He's said, he said his dad dude. is dad's been having health problems and still has had to work um Mm -hmm. so he's gonna go and retire his dad and retire his mom that's that's uh admirable thing i think as a maybe that's part of the the early year right like an early year signing to get them that money sooner that's what i said it it could have been on him ottawa could have been like you know what maybe next year he's worth nine if he pots 82 this year he's worth nine mil so we're just gonna throw him 8.3 this year and maybe timmy stew's thinking yeah, I want to go retire my parents today, so I want to take that money. Maybe it was him as the aggressor, yeah. his agent as the aggressor to get the deal this year. My only yeah. gripe with the whole contract was just that I don't, like, I guess I'm going against what you're saying, Todd. I don't think he's lived up to it yet, but I do think there's a damn good chance that he does live up to it and even exceeds it. Yeah. So, like, I'm kind of yeah. in the middle between you two where I don't think it's bad. But no, like, you're I, not in the middle. That's exactly what I was saying. I'm just saying that I was just arguing the well, point. I think Ty that said that too. I, I think Ty said he's got to grow into the contract. Ty again. said he's prudes. Ty said last year he was worth eight and a half million. Well, he's shown that's that he's what I was going, arguing. He's shown that he's going to be worth, I think, more than that, honestly. He's shown that going he's at least be. worth that. Yeah. Like, he. He's already proven, I think, that he's worth what he's going to get paid here. 
and he's only going to get better from from so that's what, what he's I'm done. saying. But that's what yeah. I was. That's the point I was arguing. That's where I disagree. <laughs> that's yeah. all I'm saying. I well, think I he's going to grow into it, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I think I think he'll be a sick player, but I'm just saying right now he's not worth eight three. So that's why I'm saying it's a risk contract. There's a risk involved. Always a risk. Yeah, but more, <laughs> but, a little more. You have to admit it. I just want you to admit, Ty, that there's a little more risk involved than your average contract. Just just admit no. it. Just Ty, please, just no. say that, please. No, I, mean, I don't Ty. fucking agree with that at all. Ty, just please, completely me, disagree. Just say and a little we'll move on to more. our next topic before oh, <laughs> fucking listen to the peanut gallery <laughs> anymore here. And uh, I know we talked fantasy football earlier there, but uh, how about some real football? And uh, DK, you have some picks for the weekend, I think. Is that uh, that true or am I just making this up? No, no, no. I have. So I'm going to give out a bunch of picks probably for uh, on Sunday for the game. I gave out touchdown scores for tonight on my Instagram and Twitter. I believe on most gambling apps, you can still go to the app as the game starts and place the bets. But. There's a couple games that I have in, uh, like kind of narrowed in on in terms of on Sunday that I really like. Um, I'll tell you what they are here. I'm going to give you two. They're the same exact same games, but I'm going to parlay the money lines. If you parlay the Miami Dolphins money line over the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles, Ty's going to love that money line. Let's go um, Eagles! <laughs> if, you, if you parlay the Dolphins and the Eagles money line, you're going to get plus 127 odds. I really like those picks. If you bet them both on the spread, I think they both cover the spread. Dolphins minus three and a half and the Eagles minus four. You could bet them separately, but if you want to parlay them together, that's plus 264. Those are two games fly, that I... Eagles, fly. I was gonna say, those are two games that I really like in terms of like if I had to put my, this is my 10 unit max whale lock, like all these fucking loser cappers on Twitter say all the time. Um, that's what I would definitely put it on. Um, another one is too, is the, uh, is the chargers minus three over the Raiders. The Raiders got a new head coach. They got a new number one wide receiver. Their running back room isn't necessarily the greatest. And the chargers got a whole lot better on defense. So if you want to take somebody else on the spread, I like the chargers minus three versus the Raiders, which is what the spread's sitting at right now, those are my th- uh, three best bets. I usually make a money line parlay that's separate from my best bets, and I make uh, three spread picks. So my three spread picks this week that I'm going to be giving out, if you're listening to this right now, Chargers minus three, Dolphins minus three and a half, Eagles minus four. Do what, do with that what be- you want. Yo, what was... Uh, yeah, for sure. What was... Uh, when we were doing that live for the fantasy draft, what did our boy Soupy say about the fucking... There was somebody who said it's 4-0 against the spread. He went against it. So Jared Goff is the Detroit Lions quarterback, and they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And Jared Goff is 4-0 against the spread or 5-0 against the spread in week one in his career. Love that stat. But the problem is, is that last week, I believe the Detroit Lions uh, first week spread was like 11 and a half points. They're supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league. And the years before that, Jared Goff was playing on the Rams, who are one of the best teams in the league, and they were covering the spread all the goddamn time because of the coaching staff. Jared Goff will not cover the spread in week one. The Lions will not win, and the Eagles may win that game by fucking 15 points. I, I just I don't it. have any faith in the Lions, and I don't have any faith in Jerry fucking Goff. I'm not a fan of him. <laughs> I'm not a Jim fan Hurts, of him. W. 
Jalen Hurts MVP. Dude, Let's the go. Eagles got a lot better. The, uh, a good bet, a good futures bet, randomly to put out here is the is the e- Eagles to win the NFC East, which a lot of people have kind of uh, pivoted to. Um, the Cowboys just don't look as strong. They lost a, a very very good offensive lineman. Um, I would I would love the Eagles to win that NFC East division. It's another I'm placing that right you. now. I'm placing it right now. Let's go. <laughs> Logging into DraftKings. Fuck yeah, boys. Th- yeah, those are my picks for this week that I'm going to give out for now. Um, in week two, the Young Buck Bets podcast will come back where I'll have probably about a 30 to 40 minute episode breaking down my favorite five or six games that I like the most um, on Sunday and Monday, I guess. And yeah, it'll be back. I got it all set up for this week now. I'll probably start recording it and. The Young Buck Bets will be back with some fucking serious heat coming for week two, baby. Hell yeah. Right on. I hope for that. Um, any uh, final thoughts before we kind of wrap up the show here, boys? That was kind of nah. our last topic there. And we, we got to so You don't want to bring up Landon Rhodes one more time? What about that? I would, but fucking, I think kickoff <laughs> is happening right now. So. All right. Well, we got to go watch some football and uh, we'll just wrap it up here right now then. That's go a Bills, wrap baby. Episode. Go Bills, baby. Let's go. go. Eagles. Let's go Bills. Fly, Eagles fly, baby. <laughs> That's a wrap for episode 19 of Bucks on Ducks. Hold up, hold up. Before I do that, what are you guys saying? Because the Bills are playing tonight. We we both, me and Stu might have them both on the spread here tonight. So we're going go Bills. And all of a sudden, you just toss in a go Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) NFC East champs, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. I love it. And on that note, we'll wrap it up here. That's a wrap for episode 19 of Bucks on Ducks. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Also, keep an eye out for our gambling picks on those social media pages and drop a five-star review down for the podcast if you enjoy it. And check out the other podcasts on showbile.com. And if you can't be cool, be careful. And if you can't be good, get at it.